You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we are going to do a mock draft today. And we are, I put together all the intel that I could come up with. And I scoured the internet uh, for all of the intel that I could find. And there is... It's always funny the day or two before a draft, you hear all kinds of stuff. You get texts, you get DMs and and you send texts and you send DMs and you you try and figure out what's going on. And there is a lot right now of buzz about Rashad Bateman, about Elijah Moore. The consensus based on what I've gathered is Green Bay wants a receiver and that they are willing to move up to get one. Um, Now, are they putting that out there because they want other people to jump? Are they putting it out there because that's true? Um, We'll see. We'll see. Uh, A lot of this is coming from outside of Green Bay, and so it's people speculating about what Green Bay will do. Now, also GMs talk to other media people um, and and, and scouts, and and so there's a lot of passing of information. But I I think generally speaking, the the league has a pulse on, on what's going on around them. Let's let's start with uh, the rest of this draft because we'll get to the Packers when we get to the Packers. Everyone knows what's happening at the top of the draft. The Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. No-brainer. At two, the Jets are taking Kyle Wilson. No, they're, they're taking Zach Wilson. <laughs> All right, that was on purpose. Um, and I, I actually... Um, think that we should have spent a lot more time talking about why this wasn't one of the other guys. I mean, Justin Fields was quarterback two for six months. And then after no football games were played, when it became clear the Jets had become infatuated with Kyle Wilson, everyone just decided it was Wilson. Now, if I were the Jets, I would take Trey Lance. He is the perfect fit for the Kyle Shanahan, um, Matt LaFleur offense. It's Mike LaFleur in New York running the show there. That's who I would take. But the Jets are going to take Kyle Wilson. So, At three, this is where the draft really gets interesting. The 49ers are taking Mac Jones. And and I don't understand why, but all of the signs point to Mac Jones. Um, The most hooked in people believe it's Mac Jones. And maybe it's a secret and no one knows except the 49ers. And it's secretly Trey Lance or secretly Justin Fields. It really is looking like it's Mac Jones. Obviously, I would not. Well, maybe not, obviously. I I think Mac Jones is a really good football player. Um, But Justin Fields is the guy that that I would be taking there if I were the 49ers. Uh, I just don't know how you say we're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and go to Mac Jones. And I know that's been said a lot, but I think it is, is worth repeating. How do you do that? I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. At four, is Atlanta going to take a quarterback? It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. All the information that we have right now is that Atlanta is looking at Kyle Pitts. I am 
just a tick lower on Kyle Pitts than I think the rest of the draft industrial complex is than than the rest of the league is. I think he's a top 10 player. I think he's really good. Um, I don't I don't love him here. I think the best non quarterback in the draft is J.C. Horn. And if I were the Falcons, I would take him at four and not worry about it. I think he is a Patrick Peterson type prospect. He is athletically, physically dominant. And from a personality standpoint, point, he is a true alpha, someone who can come in and just change your program. He can just be that guy on defense you don't worry about. And then with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you can find at the top of the second, the top of the third, some receivers. Obviously, they're not going to be Kyle Pitts. You can't find J.C. Horn. At five, it really does seem like the Bengals are going to take Jamar Chase. I Again, I don't get it. I would take Panay Sewell. Um, they have some nice receivers. And getting Panay Sewell and, you know, someone at the top of the second round, Terrace Marshall, you can still get Joe Burrow's running mate, get Terrace Marshall. I, and part of this is I'm not as big on Jamar Chase. So I think Jamar Chase is a really good football player. I think he's a really good prospect. But he's not a slam dunk prospect. I think he's more likely to be Kenny Galladay at, at his peak than, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or someone like that. But that's still a really good player. Um, his, his struggles to separate, though, worry me. So that's where I am with this pick. But they're 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 taking Jamar Chase. So the the top five are pretty well set. After that, we really, we really just don't know. We really just don't know. And and that's what makes this really hard. Um, the Dolphins. It sounds like. Want to get a position player. It sounds like that's what they want to do. Now, okay, great. They get a position player. They could take Jamar Chase, but in this case, he's off the board. The Bengals are going to take him. So, to me, the move is Panay Sewell. I actually think the Eric Flowers deal and this Robert Hunt news telegraphs this a little bit. You don't move your starting tackle to guard unless you feel like you can fill that void. Now, maybe they feel like at 18 they can fill it. But that's a big gamble. Christian Derrissaw probably not going to be there. Maybe Tevin Jenkins is. And, and maybe they feel like, hey, that's the ceiling for Tevin Jenkins. And, you know, we could get Waddle and that guy. That's too big of a risk for me. So I, I think Panay Sewell is going to be the guy. And he's the guy that I would take. The Lions are the, the first real trade down opportunity. So if you're a team that wants to go up and get a quarterback, if you are the Patriots, if you are the Broncos, I know they just got Teddy Bridgewater, but they they like Trey Lance. He's available at seven. The Patriots like Justin Fields. He's available at seven. If neither team is willing to go up and really pay the piper on this, what I think could happen is Detroit sticks and picks. I think they'd like to move down. And if they could convince Denver to come up and, and jump, you know, whatever Carolina's got going at eight then I think that's that's great. I think I think eventually Trey Lance is a Bronco. Eventually the Patriots trade up for Justin Fields. I like I like both of those moves for both of those teams. And I think both of them are getting better quarterbacks than the guy that the Jets are getting at number 2 overall. That's pretty great. That is pretty great and then if you're the Panthers you move down to 15 and it could be as simple as the Lions take a player they take Micah Parsons let's say 
Um, and, and then the Patriots move up to eight. They take Fields. The Broncos stand pat. They take Lance. And then we go down to the Cowboys at 10. I think the Cowboys are going to take J.C. Horn. And that's who I would take in that position with, with the guys available on the board. Obviously, I think Horn is the best corner in the draft. I think he's the best non-quarterback in the draft. I just have this feeling. I know Patrick Sertan is the is the popular pick there. I think it's going to be Horn, and, and I really like it. The Giants, for some reason, are going to take Jalen Waddell. They paid Kenny Galladay a bunch of money. They have Darius Slayton. They have Evan Ingram. And instead of fixing their offensive line, instead of fixing their defense, they take Jalen Waddell. Now, maybe, maybe if the Cowboys take Horn, the Giants could go Patrick Sertan there. I think that makes some sense for them. Um, I, it's going to be an Alabama player. I think I think we're going to have three straight Alabama players in some order. The Giants are going to take one of them. The Eagles are going to take one of them, whether it's Sertain or Waddle. And the Chargers are going to take the other one. But, but, in this case, I think the Chargers actually go Rashawn Slater here because he's available. Because he's available. Now, would the Giants like to get him at, at 11? Sure they would, but they just used uh, a top pick on an offensive lineman. They've invested heavily at that position. So the Chargers get Rashawn Slater. And that that leaves the Minnesota Vikings in prime position to get uh, a quality, quality player to add to their team. All right, we're going to get to more of this mock draft in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about a new sponsor on the show, and that is Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading, that can all be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every single year. Wealthfront can help create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in a matter of minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes and best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted by over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash NFL. That's right. Get that first $5,000 managed for free when you go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL. That's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, front.com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Do it today. All right, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. So now the Minnesota Vikings are sitting here at 14 and Patrick Sertan is still on the board. And that is amazing. But I think the receivers are the headline in this draft. The Giants feel like they have to get one. And the Eagles feel like they have to get one. And, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. Sertain could certainly go in that 11, 12, 13 mix. If I had to bet on it, these would be the four guys who would go. Waddle, Smith, Slater, Sertain in some order. By 14, all of those guys will be gone. That leaves the Panthers at 15 to take Christian Derrissaw. You add him to this offensive line and give him an opportunity to protect Sam Darnold. 
At 16 with the Cardinals, I struggled with this one given the way the board fell. Maybe they trade up. If Sertain starts falling, you move up with the Eagles, let's say, and, and try and get Patrick Sertain. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think they're going to aggressively pursue a corner. But if they go off the board, the receivers go off the board, they're stuck here. I reached out to my buddy Bo Brock from Locked On Cardinals. Uh, it does the, the Monday Locked On NFL for me now. I said, this is the situation. He said, you know, I think they're going to take. I, th- I think Najee Harris is the guy there. And you know what? I've been I've been hearing some whispers that that he may go higher than we're than we're mocking him. So I'm going to put him here. The Cardinals are are a known flight risk. They are. We know that they will do some wild stuff. And, and I think this fits the bill here. It's one of the few positions they haven't really addressed with any sort of meaningful investment. And I could see them believing, even given what we know about running backs, that Harris is the the next step that this offense can take. At 17, the Raiders used to have some of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. That has really gone away. And so they're able to add Elijah Vera Tucker here, who I think can be an, an all-pro caliber guard. And now you're setting up Derek Carr to succeed in the short term. Who knows if he's the long-term plan there. But I think that makes a lot of sense for them. It is, it is certainly the kind of move I would advise in this spot. Miami, they I, I'm predicting that they take Quiddy Pay. He is a sort of Bill Belichick, Brian Flores type. He's an undersized defensive end who can play a little bit of everywhere. We saw him dropping in coverage. Maybe he becomes the Jamie Collins of this Dolphins team. I could certainly see that and or, or that they, they see that in him. I don't see that with him as a player. I would be taking Jalen Phillips here. I think he's the best edge in this class. But the Dolphins take Quiddy Pay in this scenario. He seems to be the consensus edge one. I'm not going to pretend to understand it, but that is uh, that is where I think we are with this. So after that, Washington is sitting there at 19, and they're taking a player that I think is a top 10 player in this class. Jeremiah Wusu-Korma is a stud, a stud, a future star, absolutely write it in ink he is going to be a star player he reminds me of Deion jones and jamal adams mixed into one he is he is the pass rusher that jamal adams is as a blitzer just an absolute menace and yet he has the cover skills of an overhang defender the way that Deion jones does you can put him in the slot he can stick with receivers the way very few safeties can he's got a little jabril peppers in him um, in that you can put him a little bit of everywhere, landing Collins E. And I really like that for Washington. They they uh, they have a guy that they're familiar with who plays that way, landing Collins. But Koromoa, I think, can be an even better kind of player. At 20, at 20, the Chicago Bears break the Green Bay Packers' heart and they take Greg Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern, just up the street. They are uh, apparently returning to that Vic Fangio style of defense in Chicago with a new defensive coordinator. And they know that they need to beat Aaron Rodgers. And yes, you have Andy Dalton. You have Allen Robinson on the franchise tag. Who knows what the future is with Anthony Miller. Maybe a receiver here makes some sense. Greg Newsom is, is a terrific fit for all the reasons he fits in Green Bay. Um, local kid and high character kind of guy. I think he would be a terrific bear and he would give them a really, really good one-two punch plus Eddie Jackson. That's what you need to take on a team like Green Bay. At 21, I have projected 
a trade. A trade. The Packers go up and they take Rashad Bateman. There is a metric ton of buzz around the Packers and Rashad Bateman. And while I understand that is going to make everyone very nervous, why does everyone think Green Bay is going to take Rashad Bateman? Because Green Bay really likes Rashad Bateman. And they had a whole traveling party in Minnesota. You know, I, I love this. You know, yesterday we had some of the local, or the, the national guys at ESPN. Oh, the, the Packers have done a lot of work on Rashad Bateman. And you had Rob Domofsky take Rashad Bateman in the in the mock, the, the big uh, show that ESPN did. We've been talking about Rashad Bateman on this show for weeks. And the Packers' interest in Rashad Bateman and the fact that they took half a dozen player personnel guys, including Brian Gutekunst, to Minnesota to watch him work out. Rashad Bateman, to me, is the guy I think they want to move up to get him. I have heard from multiple people that, that he is a target for Green Bay. I have heard from multiple people that they are willing to move up to get him. And he might, he might be the kind of guy who, as my buddy Jake Morley says, we are not leaving round one without this guy. And I, I think the Colts could have multiple trade partners at this spot. Um, the reports um, coming out have the Saints interested in, at, in Caleb Farley and could potentially move up to get him. I think this could be a spot. They want to jump the Titans. I think the Colts could be drumming up some interest. In that pick as well, um, which which obviously makes sense, and and I I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it that way. If Green Bay uh, would would be willing to stop Caleb Farley's fall if he makes it to twenty nine, I don't think he will. But he's not getting past twenty nine, is my understanding. So Green Bay takes Rashad Bateman here. Everyone can be quiet about not taking a receiver in the first round. And he comes in right away and has the opportunity to become a real part of this offense. And then we talked about it yesterday. I don't I don't need to gild the lily on this. It could be Rashad Bateman. I think it very much could be Elijah Moore, who, who is the guy I have going at 22 to the Titans. It could be either one of those guys. I think it is one of those guys. If I had to bet going into tonight, it's Bateman, Moore, Newsom, Tony. Those, those are the guys that I think are are the most in play. And I'll add Farley if he falls. I'll add Tevin Jenkins if he falls. And then I think the secondary tier, the break-in-case of emergency tier is Asante Samuel Jr., Alex Leatherwood. And I think I kind of think Tony is in that mix too. But I, I put him up just because he's such a great fit. And I think Matt LaFleur, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the, the board breaks weird. Bateman goes early. Newsom goes earlier. Moore goes earlier. And Matt LaFleur just pounds the table for that guy. I, I'm sure he just sees him and goes, that's Debo Samuel. I know what Debo Samuel looks like. That's Debo Samuel. And he can be a killer in our offense. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong. The Tennessee Titans at 22, they love Elijah Moore. They love Elijah Moore. They take him here. He is a terrific compliment to A.J. Brown. He can play in the slot. He can play in the backfield. You can put them both in the backfield with Derrick Henry. This team needs to find a way to fight the regression of losing Arthur Smith. And so if they can do that with, with a receiver like Elijah Moore, they should absolutely take that opportunity. This sets up really well for the New York Jets here at 23 because now they can get Jalen Phillips. Um, they want to add pass rush. And they get the best pass rusher in the draft. It's a no-brainer. You come out of this draft with your franchise quarterback and the best pass rusher in the draft, you kick the draft's ass. 
That is awesome work by the Jets. This this new-ish front office. Robert Sala gets a guy that that he feels like can can be an elite player. Um, you, you give Mike LaFleur someone that, that he can work with. And now in the second round, you can add more pieces to that offense or add more pieces to that defense. This Jets team is in a good position moving forward if this is how the draft plays out for them at 24. The Pittsburgh Steelers can grab Tevin Jenkins, who falls down a little bit. Najah Harris already off the board. I don't think ETN is going to be in the mix for them, so they get the best offensive lineman left on the board, one of the best offensive linemen in the class. Whoever is going to be the quarterback, whether it's Big Ben while he's upright or whomever after that, when he gets hurt inevitably, they need help here. And Tevin Jenkins can come in right away and start for them. At 25, I struggle with this because if it were me, I'd be taking someone like Trayvon Merrig. Interestingly, Ben Albright, who is one of the most plugged in guys who last year was incredibly accurate with his mock, um, he he did not have Trayvon Merrig in his first round. Daniel Jeremiah, who likes Trayvon Merrig as a player, did not have Merrig in the first round. Now, I know he didn't run fast, but... 451 is fast enough. Maybe not for the Jaguars. I have them taking Jason Owe here, the edge from Penn State. Um, I know they have Caleb on Chase on, and they have Josh Allen. Uh, Urban Meyer said he wants to be the fastest team on the field. There is not an edge faster than Jason Owe. 26 is tough for the Browns because there's not really a corner to grab for them here unless they're going to take Caleb Farley. Um, they they added Jadavion Clowney. There could be a receiver that they like here, but there's not really one to take because Terrace Marshall has these question marks about his health. So I have them taking Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky. Daniel Jeremiah uh, likes likes that as well. They need help at linebacker, and, and Davis is someone who has been um, getting some, some buzz lately as a first-round pick. I don't think they would like Zayvon Collins as much. He's a little bit more lumbering, not quite as good in terms of the upside with his coverage ability, so I like this pick here. Baltimore at 27, they take Aziz Ojolari. He's fallen down a little bit, some questions about the medicals, but the Ravens need a pass rusher. They need a receiver too, but they're just not in a great position to grab one here. Uh, The value is not terrific for them. So they grab Ojolari, who is a little undersized, but has terrific length and I think could develop into a good pass rusher. They need help there. You lose Matthew Judon. They don't really have a replacement for him. So Ojolari can come in and be that. At 28, the Saints get Caleb Farley. Uh, he falls. I think the Saints might go up to get him. Um, 21 could be a spot. They may feel like they need to go up to, you know, 18 or 19 to jump the Bears. Um, they certainly feel like they need to jump the Titans to get to get there because the Titans could be interested in a cornerback with, with Farley skills. I, I think that would all make sense. But I think by the end of the night, Caleb Farley will be a Saint. And we'll see if he can hold up. We'll see if physically he is able to make sure that all works out. 29, the Colts get the Packers pick. I have them taking Joe Tryon, the edge from Washington. Um, someone who it doesn't have a ton of tape, but the tape that he does have, especially in the second half of that season, is really good. Athletically, he is what you'd want from someone playing at uh, the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium with the fast track there. You're going to have to be chasing around guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on the AFC. You need guys who can rush the passer. They have someone on the inside with DeForest Buckner. They need someone on the outside with a, with a nice secondary as well. At 30, the Bills take Asante Samuel Jr. Travis Etienne was a thought here for sure, but 
I don't think that that it trumps the need. I think this is a forward-thinking team. I think this is a smart team, um, and, and I think they they value the corner over the running back in this case. This is a team that abandoned the run game last year, and I don't think they believe it hurt them because it didn't. By the way, their offense was awesome with Josh Allen throwing to Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and all those guys. At thirty-one, the Baltimore Ravens. I have them taking Alex Leatherwood. They need to take a tackle. They can get a receiver on day two. And, you know, they, they signed Sammy Watkins. So I think fixing the offensive line for their offense is more important than getting the receiver. And at 32, I, I talked to a longtime NFL scout. I said the, the Buccaneers are in love with Travis Etienne. In love. And I guess I get it for them. It's a luxury pick, but... He's a home run hitter. And if you add another home run hitter to that offense with the way that defense is playing, ugh, ugh, man, that is really, really tough. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of action to bet on the NFL draft, the Kentucky Derby. Get all the latest news and info for all your sporting needs, including on Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and of course, UFC, MMA. They've got prop bets for days before the next pitch. Head to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check it out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head to the website and use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Just for being a listener, they will give you money. You put money in, use the promo code Locked On, and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be an absolute pain. I'm not an expert on car parts. You're probably not an expert on car parts. And so why not make it easy with a place like rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, not just whoever the store happens to have that you go into. And best of all, Rock Auto prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you all right live show tonight after the draft after round one we will go live on twitter that will be our friday podcast it will go into your feed friday morning um probably go up late friday night friday morning depending on where you are and then friday night after rounds two and three there will also be a live stream no podcast off that so you'll have to just watch on twitter You'll have to just come hang out with us after rounds two and three to find out who the Packers drafted, how you broke your hearts, um, and and maybe how you're really excited about this Packers draft class. We will see. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-377 to stay locked on Packers.